Icon, bisexual icon, wink, and um, my hair is naturally purple. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. It's not even purple right now. My, I know because I dyed it. This is, re- I quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female, except for when Gabby's lying. <laughs> female friendship. And completely unsolicited advice. Do you think anyone has ever had naturally purple hair? I know people have naturally purple eyes. What? Yeah. You never heard of that? No. People have purple eyes? I think so. <sighs> I mean, I who knows what's true anymore? Photoshop's gotten really good. I have a question. Okay. I Do you look at Twitter and feel bad every day? Um, yes and no. Okay. I, I, I don't know how else I would get my news, but I also see the news and I'm sad all the time. Well, you know, you could just instead just like go to New York Times or uh, I get the skim and, I, and then just have a specific time of the day when you're reading the news. Yeah. I think that might be the thing is just to like make Twitter hours or something yeah. where I'm only looking at a certain time because I, I've i been on the tweets and I've been obsessively looking at the news and because I don't get my news anywhere else. And I, because you I only get it from Twitter. Basically, like I want, I want the commentary because the New York Times opinion section is fucking up. Like, why would I read their well, fucked up shit? I don't read their opinion section, but they send a daily, a daily um, email as well. So I get two daily emails from the New York Times and the Skim, and those sort of brief me on the main stuff. And then another thing I'll do is I often listen to the Daily, yeah, which I think is actually really good. I think that that host is like asks all of the questions that I would ask okay because i just i just wake up and i look at twitter and then i feel bad for like an hour and then i get like obsessed with something and then i just like do all this stuff to try to like research and like help the problem but then i ultimately help a little you know i'll donate or something or i'll be like oh i should tweet this or whatever but then i i still leave feeling helpless yeah you have to figure out how to compartmentalize i but like i'm like spiraling about the news so then maybe take a news break. Take a break for a week. But the things that are happening aren't going to take a break, Allison. Right. But uh, look, I, I'm someone who thinks that we can't solve every One person can't solve everything. So you have the things that you focus on. And so for you, I think you focus a lot on LGBTQ rights yeah. and activism. Yeah. And you do a lot of good towards that. And that's your contribution. I want to like have a superpower where I just round up everyone's guns and then throw them away. Yeah, who doesn't? I just feel helpless. Is reading the news making me feel helpless or is it empowering me? That's the question. I think it's probably making you feel helpless. Yeah. Because you are someone who, like, you get too affected by the the news. news. I know. But you don't get that affected by the people in your life. (laughs) Yeah, but by the the news... Uh, like I feel like an old person who's just like watching the news and being like, ah, like all day. Um, so then let's take it. Why don't you take a week break and then see how you feel from reading any news? Yeah, from reading any news and from being on Twitter. <sighs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll check back in. Okay. 
We've got a great episode for you this week. This week, we're going to be talking to animal communicator, a.k.a. psychic, Jessica Lignato, who I met at a party and, and Allison was so stoked to have on the show. I'm going to finally learn what Sugar thinks of me. And we're going to talk to my dog, Beans, as well. Oh, so exciting. And then later in topics, we'll be talking about transparency on the internet. Do you owe it to your followers to be open and honest? Is it important to keep some parts of your life private? But first... Hit it. International question. International question. International question. Eliza, Illinois. Uh, Eliza said, what do I do if I came out as a lesbian to all of my friends and family, but now, a year later, I'm feeling less sure about my sexuality? I ha- and then I have to tell you uh, that she then sent a follow-up email that said, I'm sending this again because it's the perfect question for your show. And I also literally do not know who else to ask. So this question, even though I don't identify as queer. Boring. Very rude. Um, <laughs> this question, like, ignited anxiety and, like, all of my OCD and, like, freaked me the fuck out. Sure. Because a big part of, like, my OCD is I'm, like, so terrified of misidentifying myself Mm -hmm. and accidentally lying to people. Mm -hmm. And so I I can imagine that, like, she must be so anxious over this. Yeah, it's got, like, the other added thing where she talks about in the longer email about perpetuating the stereotype that gayness is just a phase, blah, blah, blah. Which is so fucking shitty that, like, a a person can, like... A person can change everything about themselves all the time, but, like, if one person is, like, adheres to any stereotype of any sort of queer, like, identity, then it's like, ha, we gotcha! You know what I mean? Because people doubt it so much. So she's going through two problems because, one, she's struggling with her self-identity, which mm-hmm. is a whole thing in and of itself. And then, two, she feels like if if she comes to certain conclusions, then she's perpetuating a gay stereotype. Yeah, being seen as flaky, being seen as like, oh, you just, you know, jumped to this conclusion, but you weren't actually that. It's not real. It's something yeah. you can come in and out of. Yeah. And so... I think that the biggest thing I can say to her is only think about you mm-hmm. in this situation. Like you you are not obligated main, yeah. to anybody else. And you this is the thing that happens where you become the representative for all queer people. And, and you're like not. you're not. You're a representative of you. I think you have to get rid of the bigger issue of like what am I perpetuating? Yeah, that's not your problem. That's not your problem. You're one of so so many. Mm-hmm. Like you you know You, you might be the only queer person your friends know. Right. But like that you can you have to reiterate like I don't represent all queer people. Right. And this is my specific individual journey. Yeah. And also look, people are going to talk shit. The thing is is that with 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 bisexuality and I think with like coming out as one thing and then being something else. So like if you come out as bisexual, there's the whole thing of like, oh, well you're on a train to gay town. And then if you come out as gay, you're like, okay, I'm, I've done it. I've decided. But if you're less than gay, like if you're, you know, somewhere, if you're somewhere else on the Kinsey scale, people are like, I knew it. Like, it's just this thing where you kind of can't win. Well, she came out as a lesbian and now thinks that she might be bisexual or maybe even straight. It's so interesting because, like, I, I can just 
relate to this feeling of like misrepresentation of yourself. Sure. Like so deeply. Sure. And like the shame and the guilt that comes from that, even though they're completely unnecessary emotions. <laughs> you also don't need a label. Right. Like, like there, there's no good or bad about you being any of these things. Yeah. It's just like how you feel. It can change all the time. You date who you date. And um, also it's interesting about like her feeling compelled to to tell other people about this. And I get that because you probably want to be able to talk to people about how you're feeling. Yeah, and look, I, I'm not going to say that people don't talk shit because they absolutely do. I had a friend who was a lesbian, identified as a lesbian, and then started dating a guy, and for sure people in the community talked shit. It was like a thing where people were like, what? Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you and be like, everything will be daisies. <laughs> like, people were rude about it. But ultimately, you have to put your own happiness above that. Right. And anyone who cares about you and is worth being in your life will get over it. It's not going right. to, right, it's not going to do like, that. It'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's very hard for me personally to I, to identify as anything other than queer because I just don't, like, it's, it's so nebulous right now. So maybe that is uh, an identity that will make sense to Eliza. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're queer, which is like, do you just have this history and you're doing other stuff. And like, if you're queer, you can date trans men, cis men, like, you know, non-binary people. Of, uh, like, it's a it's little bit more uh, forgiving. Yeah, it's of all an identity. Yeah, because, and I'm sure there are people who are very old school lesbians who would be annoyed by me saying that. But it's also like, I don't know. Who cares about them? I know because like, they're, you know, they're normally they're very... They're basically, I, I think, like still members of the patriarchy. They're like, a they, little bit like they, trans-exclusionary. Yeah, yeah they like, can be. Ultimately, all that matters is that you love who you love mm -hmm. and that you have like healthy, happy relationships. Yeah. Regardless of who that other person is. And so I think that potentially, you know, when you're sitting down to talk about this with like your friends and loved ones, you can be like, you know, I thought about it. And to me, it's more about the person. And I think that the label lesbian is is too just distinct, wasn't for me. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't fit all of me. Mm -hmm. And so now I identify as queer. Yeah. Or, you know, I am I identify as fluid or as fluid. I don't have a label yes. or, you know, because if you're afraid that you might be straight, like you can just say you don't have a label. Heteroflexible. Sure. So people hate that. Like if she had an inkling that she wanted to be with women, she didn't have to be like, I'm a lesbian. I know it's exciting, but there's also like a thing where you can be like, just you can, you're, it should be normalized and allowed for people to try stuff out and not have to be like, and now you're this, you right. know, and now I'm this. And I think just like, I think that there is like some fear and, and potentially getting something wrong about yourself. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like in feeling like you oh, misidentified. Oh, how did I not know myself? Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm sure that you're struggling with that too. But that's just part of growing up. That's just like part. Honestly, maybe a year ago, you were a lesbian. Right, like, exactly. You know, like people change. Sexuality changes based on experiences mm -hmm. um, and the people in your life. And I think that. And like your desires change. Absolutely. I change the way that I dress. I change. Sometimes people are like, oh, no, I only like dogs. And then it's like, no, you also like cats. Like, I don't know. Like, why I, is everything else allowed to be fluid except for except for like gender and sexuality? 
Well, I think that you can almost take this as like a teaching moment with the people in your life and be like, I realize that it's I'm more fluid than that and that yeah. the, these that this label is hurting me and that I'm still, you know, every day I'm changing and every day I'm exploring who I am and mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm I'm no longer going to refer to myself that way. There was a girl that um, came to our show who was talking to me about uh, identifying as a bisexual lesbian. And I was like, that's so interesting. I wonder. What and does I, that mean? I think it's like bisexual homo romantic. Like, I think there's like dif- there's differentiating between like gender and sexuality or gender and um, or like uh, uh, sexual feelings and romantic feelings. Uh, but I'm still not totally versed on all of that. And I think a lot of times people are very uncomfortable with stuff that isn't within the binary. So if she's like, I think it probably made her feel comfortable to be like, mm-hmm. I'm a lesbian. And then when it, things get wishy-washy, it becomes uncomfortable. Well, yeah, because it's so great to be like, this is who I am. Yeah, but you got to live in the discomfort. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> I know. <laughs> If you want to submit your international question and tell us that it's the perfect question for the show, (laughs) please email justbetweenus at gmail.com. That's justbetweenus, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Stick around after the break. We have a very juicy interview with an animal communicator. Just between us. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature and mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories, This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code just between us for 10% off today. Hi everyone, Allison here. 
Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I am so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. Hey guys, it's Allison. I just wanted to say it'd be really awesome if you went and rated and subscribed to our podcast. Um, I know you guys maybe don't realize how much that matters, but (laughs) it's all that I have. So if you can rate and give us five stars, leave a review, tell your friends, tell your family, I will personally be thankful, but I won't get in touch because I don't know you. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. (laughs) Tough questions. Today, we have Jessica Lignato, who I met at uh, an event, and uh, she described herself as an animal communicator. She's also an astrologer and a psychic medium, and I was stoked because we have our two dogs here today, and I wanted her to speak to them. Yes, so uh, longtime fans of the show and, and me, that's such a weird thing to say. Anyone who knows me well knows that I have a very complicated relationship to Sugar. Yeah. My dog. Um, she, I would describe her as a little withholding. Sure. She's not like a normal dog so yeah. much as a cat. Right. And uh, I, find it, I find it frustrating and I worry often that she's unhappy and doesn't love me. Okay, great. So now, Jessica, is that true? <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, well, Jessica, first of all, uh, describe describe what you do and like how it came to be. I really love that as a first question, though. Does my dog love me? It's so chill. No, no big deal. So um, I do a lot of things, but in the context of animal communication, usually what I'm doing is I'm talking to my human clients mm-hmm. about their animal friends, and there's usually two primary ways I'm doing that. One is somebody comes in and they're like, "Tell me what my dog is thinking," or "Tell me what my cat needs," or you know, there's a medical decision to make. What are they feeling? 
And the other one is when people come in for readings and they're really kind of like walled off and I'm having a hard time kind of like getting in there. If they have an animal at home, I'll just talk to the animal and the animal will narc on them and tell me what's going on. And that's actually the primary way that I communicated with animals for many years was kind of to be like, well, you live with this person. Tell me what's happening. And I've seen many humans a little embarrassed by it, but it's worth it. And so... You think that that sugar thinks like a human and can no, communicate if no. they communicate to you a different way? Animals don't think like humans. They don't it's at all. They don't think like humans, they don't talk like humans. Do they have language? Yes. Okay. Um well, not in the way that we're blah blah blahing. No. Um do animals sometimes frame things in a really specific way? Absolutely, yes. Um do different animals have different personalities and like say things in really different ways? Yes. Um, Is it with like, you know, they've studied the dictionary and they know that this is the most effective word? No. But so how does it, how would sugar communicate with you? What would that sound like in your head? So usually when animals are communicating with me, it's, it's, it's pictures. And so there's a way that animals simply communicate through, um, ideas that are whole pictures in your mind. And the way I best describe it is, um, what's your favorite Beyonce song? Oh, God. Oh, like Partition? Okay. So you know the refrain in Partition? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I asked you that question, you had in your mind the sound, maybe specific words. You had pictures, Mm -hmm. maybe from the music video. Maybe you had a feeling from the last time you heard it or the most important time you heard it. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. That's like communicating okay. through pictures. It's not as simple as like a snapshot of me hugging my dog. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. It's it's kind of more nuanced and it sometimes takes interpretation and sometimes it's just really like being hammered over the head with a message. Depends. Oh. What kind of thing has a has an animal ratted out their parent about? Oh my god, so many things. Oh, and a lot us. of animals do not consider their humans parents. Just why? What do they consider them? Friends, responsibilities. <laughs> Responsibilities. Um, responsibilities. Like they think they're the caretaker. They know ah. that they're the caretaker. A lot of times, especially with dogs. Um, really? Yes. Um, you know, for dogs, there's like an alpha and a beta in a relationship. And if you're the beta, then they're the alpha, unless all that goes. I'm so curious what I am. I think I'm the beta. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. But like I, I, when you ask me that question, like the thing that comes to mind is I remember I was doing a reading with someone. She was going through a major breakup, and she was having a very slutty phase. And it was like fun, but she was also super like checked out and like probably doing too much drugs. And she was she was just like experimenting with different ways of dressing and stuff like that. And we were, you know, doing our reading, and I checked in with her animal friend, and it was a cat. And the cat was just like, this bitch. Like, she, all she does is look in the mirror. All she does is look in the mirror and talk about herself and think about herself, and she's not giving me any attention. And, oh. yes, and the the cat was not being critical of her person, like, in a mean-spirited way, but in a way of, like, what happened to us? We were oh. cool. And when I told that to my client who was in, she was – horrified that her cat was watching her and thinking about it because it's not you know when you're like doing embarrassing things in front of the mirror with 
like experimenting with you. You're like, the dog doesn't know. No, of course not. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at me. They're just looking at me. No, they're looking at you. Yeah, they're (laughs) Ah! looking at you. (laughs) That's so funny. Sugar is always looking at me. Staring with human eyes. Yeah. (laughs) She won't come to me when I call for her. Yeah. But she's staring at me. Sure. It's very strange. So this is, I'm, my mind is blown. Yeah, of course. Here's the thing. I am a skeptic, but I'm all in on this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) because I, I want so badly to believe it. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, it's like, it's part of a larger thing that you do. It's part of a larger psychic medium situation and astrology situation. So like, it's not like you, like you said, it's not like you started out being like, I'm going to talk to animals. But, but like, were you uh, like, when did you start being like, oh, I can, I'm, I have psychic qualities. And so um, I was an astrologer for many years before I realized that I had the ability to, I guess, be, have, to have psychic qualities, mm-hmm. that's the best way of putting it, you're right. Um, and mediumship stuff started to come up maybe 10 years into my astrology practice, somewhere around a decade into it. And How long ago was that? Great question. <laughs> About 15 years ago. Okay. Okay. So so for me, the intuitive stuff w- came in because clients would come in and they don't know the difference. Most people don't know the difference between astrology and psychic. And mm-hmm. so they would be like, talk to my dead parent or like, <laughs> tell me a thing. Oof. Yeah. No big deal. So chill. And I'd be like, that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, no, I have faith in you. And I'd be like, please don't have faith in me. That's not what I do. And then they would ask. And honestly, because I was younger and I didn't have as good boundaries, I would try. And then I would be accurate. And I would always chalk it up to they wanted it too much or, you know, luck or a guest mm-hmm. or something. But it happened so frequently. And things that came up were just impossible for me to know. Like what kind of stuff? Um, I had one client um, and probably about 14 years ago, 13 years ago, she's still a client. Um, she came in because her mother had passed away and she was really bereft. And her dead mother said, to me, to tell to my client, your uncle, I don't know, your uncle Sugar, whatever, your uncle person is, um, you need to go visit him. And my client was like, that's weird. And the dead woman was like, when you go to the house, you knock on the door and he's not going to answer the door and you knock on the door again and you insist on getting in. You find a way to get into the house. Um, And that was the advice that the dead woman gave. And so my client listened to the advice. She went to her uncle's house who she hadn't talked to in a minute. It was an older man. Uh, Knocked on the door. No one answered. Made the super of the building open the door. There was blood all (sighs) over the mattress. It's a good story. Um, There was blood all over the mattress and no uncle. So she had to go to all the hospitals in the city to find the uncle who was like in a John Doe situation. (gasps) His, um, what's it called? It's, it's, It's the thing you pee out of. Um, it's like the urethra. I don't. I don't remember. I feel like it was this prostate. I think like yeah. hemorrhaged or something. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, it was very bad situation. And because she found him, she was able to help him get care and also mm-hmm. be there for him. So that was one of those things where I was like, well, that maybe I'm onto something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was that so shocking to you and like a a huge thing to come to terms with? Um, that particular thing wasn't shocking to me. It was more validating, mm-hmm. um, but in general, the process, because it's like, I, you know, I can tell stories that are like, wow, but there was lots of smaller things along the way. So I kind of got acclimated to it. Um, and then through the process of all of that, I had this um, storefront in San Francisco. So in the front, it was my office. And then in the back, it was my apartment. And every morning I would be in the front and I'd be like doing my little emails. And then I put on water for uh, coffee 
in the back and then I'd forget about it and then it would like totally burn the pot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging. <laughs> um, and after this happening for a while, my cat would come into the office in the front and he'd be like, hey, the water's boiling. And I'd be like, okay, cool. The water's boiling. I got to go to the back. And then I realized after a couple of days of that, that I thought my cat was telling me that the water was boiling. And I was like, that is not possible. So I was like, okay, cat, his name is Cougar. Uh, Cougar, if in fact we are communicating, jump up on that table, go this way, go that way, whatever. Um, and he did it. <gasps> and he would do it frequently. This is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so is it possible I have this power too and it just hasn't been unleashed in me yet? Sure. I mean, um, <laughs> the the problem with it is it's not a power. It's it's almost the opposite of a power. It's a receptivity. It's okay. not it's this is the biggest impediment to intuitive ability or the ability to communicate effectively with animals. It's overthinking it. Mm. It's being like mm. I thought it. I checked. Is it working? I'm checking. Is it working? Cuz now you're not in your intuitiveness and you're not receptive and animals are responding to the truth of what's happening. Not always, but generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if what you're thinking is, I just want you to love me, but what you're trying to communicate is like, be my friend, come over here. Like, they're going to respond to insecurity in whatever way their personality does. Got does that it. make sense? Got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So are you so much closer with your cat now? Well, sadly, he has since passed. But yes, I'm we so were sorry. literal best friends. Thank you. And oh. then within a month of him passing, this feral cat in the neighborhood we'd seen around for three years, he just walked up to me and he was just like, you are now going to be my human. And he moved in and, you know, we're in love. Yeah, He knew what you needed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also. Well, that's that whole thing of like, oh, my God, the dog knew I was sick. So it came and was nice to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sugar never does that. Really? I'll be hysterically crying and calling for her and she won't come. Oh. Really? Yeah. I want another dog. Oh, okay, my God. This is, this is my question. Does she come to you with different moods? With different? Like, is there a specific mood, mood you have that she frequently does come to you for? Um, when I go to take a nap because on the couch, she'll come to me the do most. Do you want me to tell you what she told me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so I didn't tell you this, but when I met Jessica, she she checked in on Sugar. Okay, great. In her mind. Yeah. So so she already knows Sugar a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when I met Sugar, I thought Sugar was like a much bigger dog and skinny. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> no. No, because that was kind of how she showed herself to me. It's just like kind of like a gazelle. Like she thinks of herself as pretty graceful and like she definitely thinks of herself as the, the parental figure in the relationship. <laughs> but she um, – So she thinks she's in charge of me. Yes. I knew it. She wouldn't have framed it that way, but yes. But she comes to you when you're calm. And it's like her way of being like, this is, it's like positive reinforcement. Wow. Which is such a withholding little bitch. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of knew this already. She told me this. It's really interesting because. um, That she, Sugar's main goal is trying to calm you down. To like ground and calm. And she, huh. Does she have a tooth problem? No. Does she have stinky breath? I love the way her breath smells. Oh, oh I my god. That. Do you think she has stinky breath? No, no. It was just oh my god because of the breath. Because you like, I like to the smell way the it smells, yeah. I love stinky breath on animal loves. Yeah. I do too. When she yawns, I smell her breath. Um Bear with me because is she sensitive about being touched in here at all? Uh, you're po- she's pointing to like oh, her sorry. jawline. Yeah. Do um, you brush Sugar's teeth? She hates to get her teeth brushed. 
Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, um, as there... all dogs. Um, not, not really. I mean, she doesn't like it when I try to kiss her face. <laughs> she she moves away from me every time. But it's interesting because she's snuggling you so cutely right now. Yeah, but I can't touch her. She doesn't want me to kiss her face. Yeah, there's something she's showing me about her her like this part of her face, like the jaw, neck, tooth area that feels like it's sensy on her oh. um and she's showing me that so i think it's so that you don't think it's like a personal it's actually not about you it's like there's it's a sensitive part of her body she doesn't lick me she doesn't lick you do you want her to lick you more than anything that you are like the only human who's like please lick my face yes and today you the one this dog morning i got three licks i can get licks in the morning that's it i can get licks in the morning and i can get licks if i come home from a trip but other than that i don't get licks huh and it's horrible. It's really upsetting to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Do, does she know that you want licks? All I do is I put my face in her face and go, please lick me, please. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All day long, every day. Oh my, <sighs> oh, my God. oh, my God. Does your dog love you? Is that really your question? Yeah. Really? Well, I guess my question is, is she happy? Okay. Okay. So... I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> Are you happy with her? No. That's actually what the problem is. It's not that she's not happy with you. She feels like um she's like she feels like she's her her job is to herd you. <laughs> it's to like herd you towards certain ways of being and away from other ways of being. Um I think she likes you more than you like her. No way. She likes you. She loves you. But Hold on. She doesn't think that you have a power struggle. How is she showing it to me? It's more, she's just trying to teach you stuff. <laughs> she feels like she's trying to teach you like life lessons that you actually want to learn. She believes that you want to learn what she is teaching you. What is she teaching me? Um, that when you're calm, you're happier. That when you're slow, you're calm. Um, that's kind of all she's framing it as. Like hmm. when you're, when you're slow, that might be why when you come back from vacay or when you first wake up, you get more snuggles from her because you're probably like your mind or your heart is racing less and she's responding to that. So I wonder if you need to like download a meditation app and see what that does to your relationship with your sugar. Like if I meditate more, mm -hmm. she'll love me more. I don't think the problem is the amount of love. I think it's the way that she's expressing it because she's, like, reinforcing positive behavior and ignoring negative behavior is her attitude. I'm sorry. But that's what she's showing me she's doing. She's, like, um... How does she know to do that? Oh. Um, because that's the kind of... It's, like, her personality is to be, like, I want the best for you, so this is how it's going to be. Like, tough love? Yes. It's, like firm love she doesn't think it's tough she thinks it's firm she thinks you need firm um she's she she really does love you but i think she wants the energy to be calm because yeah. she's calm and she wants allison to be calm yeah that's it yeah why and, does she hate other dogs so much oh she doesn't like she doesn't hate other dogs does she she doesn't like dog parks is what it looks like is that right i never take her she she okay. bar she has terrible leash aggression and she oh. barks at a bunch of dogs she barks at dogs all the time i don't I, and she won't play with them well she's showing me that she doesn't like things that are like out of control or chaotic in general she's very sensitive to smells um 
she doesn't like being on a leash at all. <laughs> she thinks the whole thing is demeaning. Um, <laughs> but she's not – I don't feel like she would really be a reliable dog to let off leash either because she's just like, you follow me, right? Yeah. Um, so – But she's way happier off leash, I think. A million times. She finds the whole thing – not okay. She's not into the leash. She, like, doesn't want to be a dog. She wants to be a dog, but she wants to be, like, a dog in nature. Like, a dog who leads the pack and then leaves the pack and then comes back to lead. Mm. But she's, like, a beneficent leader. You know what I mean? She's, she feels, like, royal or something. Yes. She feels a lot more like she's too classy to be a mean girl than... Like, she's not a bully, but she's just like, I have nothing to say anymore, and we'll walk away. Yes. Kind of person. Yeah. So she's – she, but she doesn't – she doesn't suffer compromises easily, you know? Like, one compromise early in the day can change her mood for the whole day. She's really um, – very aware of what's happening around her. You know, a lot of dogs are just kind of like, whatever is happening is happening. She's like – responding to what's happening around her a lot and she responds to people's moods um she panic is the mood that she is the most um upset by and it's the one she responds the most poorly to by your standards aka she's aloof yeah so if somebody's having anxiety or panic um or is like twer- the way she shows me is like twirling that's where she's just like, you have to handle that and then come to me. Um, but she's just like, you and then me, not me and then you. Um, and I can't tell why. It's not like she's mad at it. It's just her personality. It's it's actually a form of love. It's It's a form of, for her, intimacy. But it's like parental Mm. it's not like your snuggly baby like snuggling you into a happier state which is it sounds like what you would prefer (laughs) but for whatever it's worth you're more dissatisfied than she is which is kind of nice if you have a story running that she doesn't love you yeah because that's not the case is she is she glad that i'm her mom out of all the people that could be her mom she doesn't consider you her mom i'm (laughs) she thinks she's your mom Uh, a little bit she thinks she's your like uh auntie (laughs) <laughs> and that she has to, like, manage and protect you and, like, your family and you really love each other. She doesn't think you have a big age difference. Like, <laughs> she really feels this sense of um, kind more auntie than mom, but definitely you're not her mom. Uh, okay. you, you provide things for her, but she would prefer to get them on her own. <laughs> She, I feel like Sugar feels being a dog is undignified for her. Being a domesticated dog. Got it. Not a dog. She How loves she... being a dog. It's okay to ask you a personal question? Sure. Are you trying to have a baby? No. Okay. Um, what? She's just scared that you're going to have a baby. She doesn't want a baby. <laughs> I, 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 that's just like, I was just like, how can I say this diplomatically? She doesn't want to be around a baby. It's like not for her. Oh, no, her. really? Mm-hmm. Oh, she doesn't love babies. You don't like babies? <laughs> She's like, you're my baby. I guess I'm, I'm, your, I'm your child. I, I think you're her baby. Is. I'm your baby. <laughs> yeah. It's cute, though. It's love. She, yeah, she's... Uh, jury's out. I mean, she'll for sure have an opinion. But it's just she doesn't exactly have one yet. I also have my dog. His name's Beans. He looks like a little bean. Yeah, he is a little bean. Um, He's a very fat chihuahua. So um, 
So yeah, what what uh what's he what's he all about? Um, hold on for a sec. Yeah, sure. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> now I'm really rethinking how often I go, I'm your mom to her. <laughs> she's I'm, like, that's demeaning. No, she's like, um, have you seen our dynamic? Um I, I will say, and I'm gonna get to beans in a sec. I think a lot of humans are like, I give you water, I buy your food, that means I'm your mom. But that's not really what parenting is. Yeah. And I think a lot of our animals would beg to differ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, oh, honey, I tuck you in. <laughs> I see you through your hard times. I tolerate your blah, blah, you know. Um, but Beans is uh, – have you had Beans forever? No. He, uh, I got him like a year, year and a half ago. Do you know who had him before? No. Oh, so he was a rescue. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because usually dogs don't actually lead with like, this is where I was, but it feels like he was with a woman before. Oh, cool. He likes women a lot. Is he weird with men? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think he, um, had the greatest experience of men. I don't know that there was anything that happened to him, Mm -hmm. but he saw men being kind of like loud and unpredictable, uh, maybe aggressive. And so he's just like, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very happy dog. He's Aww. also a very like what you see is what you get kind of person. Yeah, he's a real literalist. He's like <laughs> food, water, snuggle. Yeah, uh, it's pretty straightforward with him. Um, and this is actually a really great example of uh, like within animal communication personalities. Like different people are completely different, and beans is just like yeah, we're cool. Like it's like. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, it's cool. We're good. Um, you don't make him walk a lot? No. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like walking. No. <laughs> he finds it to be cumbersome. And, like, he really appreciates that you you just kind of are like, oh, that's what you like? Cool. And you just work with it. Oh, I'm not, like, forcing him to exercise? He doesn't like exercise. No, he doesn't. Mm-mm. He doesn't. Um, I've taken him hiking, and he'll sit. He just sits down. And I'll be like, no, no, come on, come on. And he's like, you can't make me. Mm-mm, you can't. So what, do you, what are your options? Yeah. Carry him? We have carried him. Yeah, you would have to. Yeah. He doesn't He doesn't prefer uh, long walks. Mm-mm. He doesn't prefer dusty walks. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't prefer being too warm or too cold. He's yep. just like a real, like, he's a real creature comfort person. And all he loves is the foods. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What? He's just, he's just showing me the things he likes to do, <laughs> which is to roll uh like he just has these like sweet little things that he likes to do that look like a half of a of a action but they're like he's just like very pleased by the smallest things does he like roll halfway on his back yeah he lays on his back like a person like a weird person and yeah. he just showed it to me and he was just like he just, oh, he my just trick. loves it he loves it it just brings him joy yeah it's like when he's like relaxed and happy he feels very safe he oh, feels very good. comfortable. You give him multiple kinds of food. He very much enjoys it. Oh, really? Do you not give him multiple kinds of food? No, I do. He's He just, we just, he had some stomach problems and they gave me at the vet this like wet food. So I was going back and forth between the, the wet food and the dry food for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got the impression he was more into the wet food. Oh, oh yeah. They all are. For yeah. sure. But he he likes it that you mess around with food. He he. He has an interested palate. He doesn't want one thing forever. He's he 
he even likes leaving some food and then like being able to come back to it. He's just a yep. real, he's just a real. He spills it in his cage and then I take the bowl and then later I hear him crunching and he's like saved some food in the cage for himself. He loves it. To snack later. It, it brings him like joy. <laughs> what is their dynamic? It's really literal. It's like really like, I, uh, sorry, that's how he's showing it to me. Um, I just walk alongside it. You guys walk alongside each other. But is he the parent? Is she the parent? Oh. Huh. So there's two things. One is uh, he does not completely identify. He's like shows – he's showing me him as – I don't know that he completely identifies with being a boy. Um, so, oh. yeah. So for whatever that's worth, he's, he's, he's got a really solid old lady vibe. Um as well, not instead of, but as well. No, yeah. And so, so he kind of is showing me that you're just like a couple old ladies living life. Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? Are they equals? Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's not parental. He definitely does not think of himself as your child. Um, but I don't think you think of him as your as his parent. Do you? No, not really. He he does he doesn't get that feeling from you. You're like couple ladies living your life doing your thing he's a very casual person yeah he doesn't overthink it he's not he's not really thinking about it i don't even know no your your dog would think about it sugar would think about it <laughs> you you're you're both the kind of people who would like think about roles and yeah. like what are we supposed to do here not you two uh the bean is really a bean yeah he's just like i'm just being i'm oh, i made wordplay uh, <laughs> but yeah that's he's he's we're kind of like just like roommates I think he thinks of you more as like golden girls than roommates. Oh, just like old friends, like old friends living <laughs> together, getting into foibles. You know what I mean? Like he thinks the two of you have adventures, you have fun, mm-hmm. like you do things, and then you also like hang out at home together. Mm-hmm. He feels. Um, I think what what he's really showing me is that you have. Uh, you're like building a relationship. Yeah. You're building you're like building a relationship through shared activities and and that kind of thing. That's just kind of how he's showing <laughs> it to me. It's very he's very um he's not a super analyzer. Yeah. You know, he's again, he's the guy who's like, I rolled half on my back. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's he's pretty he's pretty chill. I have I have one more question uh before we move on to our next very exciting segment. Okay. I, I worry all the time that Sugar's upset when I leave. Her in the house. Oh, yeah. Are they mad Is when that, I leave? Yeah. Uh, well, it's super individual. So let me look at Sugar. Uh, she doesn't. This is the problem. If she knew exactly how long you'd be gone, she'd be okay with it. Oh. She wouldn't love it, but she'd be okay with it. But I think that your hours must be somewhat unpredictable. Yeah. And so it really stresses her when you don't hit this time. That you're home. And so I would encourage you, and this is like some woo-woo shit, um, but I would encourage you to like get close to her before you leave and really just be like send her a picture of what it looks like when you come home. Like does it look like 7 p.m.? Does it look like 10 p.m.? You know what I mean? Um, And give her a sense of when you're coming home because sometimes you're gone a long time. I'm not, I swear it's not that long, listeners. Oh, yeah. Well, but you travel. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe yeah, it's I that travel. You, and you travel a fair amount, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be that. It could be like for her, if you're supposed to be home at five and it's seven when you're home, she's like, 
okay, and what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> she's very, like, uh, meticulous. Like, she's watching and she's paying attention and she's aware of the passage of time. She's aware of a dynamic at play. Bean? I wouldn't characterize him in that particular way. But <laughs> Sugar, yes. Um, and so it's not the being alone or it's not the you leaving. It's the lack of control she has over her own life and, like, not knowing what comes next that bugs her. What about beans when, when I leave or if someone else is watching him? You have, like, dog sitters, yeah? Like, that stay in the house? Yeah, my sister. Yeah. Uh, he loves your sister. Aww. Yeah, she's. Can I can I ask this? Does she smoke a lot of weed? <laughs> uh, she smokes a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. He doesn't love it. Oh, buddy. He doesn't love weed. Buddy. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, that's the only thing he doesn't love about her. He likes it that she stays. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't like the smell. Yeah, the house smells different when she leaves. Like weed. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like it. Wow. This buddy. has... This has truly blown my mind. Would you like to stick around and play America's Favorite Game Show, Hypotheticals? Uh, hell yes. Okay, wonderful. So you and Gabby will be my two contestants. I'm going to give you some hypothetical situations. You can ask some questions about them, and then you'll tell me what you would do in that scenario. Okay, ready? Yay. <laughs> oh, my God. Starting off with America's Favorite Favorite Game Show, would you stay with this cheater? You find out that every day your partner of 16 years blows a kiss to the school crossing guard while dri- while dropping off your kid. What? <laughs> Sometimes they use tongue. Would you stay with this almost cheater? Wait, what do you mean? Use tongue? How would you use tongue to blow a kiss? Like, oh my, how suggestive. Exactly. Okay. Well, you would you like some follow-up questions? I mean, this one feels pretty straightforward to me. Which Go. is? Hell yeah. You say. say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm why are they doing it? Um, I think they get a thrill from acting sexual in front of children. <gasps> oh, well, you've changed every- Okay, wait. Is what is the gender of this partner? Uh, unknown. Okay. And and the crossing guard is an adult? Yeah. And the crossing guard likes this or doesn't like it? The crossing guard always giggles like this. <laughs> Um, okay, that's going to be a no for me. Uh, I'm out. Why? They didn't do anything. Because they enjoy being sexual around children. Yeah, I got to go. That's my, that's, my, that's my exit point. I'm out. Yeah, I'm I got to go. Yeah. Well, you made the right choice because that crossing guard and her kid are the guy's soulmate. Wait, I what? I went too far. <laughs> Wait, the crossing guard and the kid are both this person's soulmate? Yeah, they're meant to live with the crossing guard and the crossing guard's kid. So is that what happens after we split up? Uh, no, they actually get transferred because of their job. <laughs> so everyone's unhappy? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. That is amazing. I was not prepared for this. I need to ask more questions. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, you, you got it in, in this next round. Yeah. Are you a terrible parent? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Your child keeps breaking their bones, falling off the monkey bars. So you tell them late one night that they are a special special breed of superhuman who gets their power from always having their feet on the ground. They never break another bone, but do start to sleep standing up. Are you a terrible parent? <laughs> ah! Okay, do you have follow-up questions? Oh my god. Um, okay. Are they sleeping soundly? Yeah. Huh. That was a real twist, huh? 
Really throwing you off guard. <laughs> and they never jump. No, they or never like... jump. And they won't go on an airplane. Okay, but oh. what what power are they receiving from the ground? Um, well, they're not because it's a lie. No, I know. But <laughs> if I would say, oh, I have to keep my feet on the ground. What do I get in return? Um, uh, strength and health. But ha- but then what if they like get cancer? Uh, then I'm sure they'll start to sleep on a bed. Yeah, the jig is up. Okay, but they they haven't that they don't have cancer at this moment in time. I I think you're a terrible parent because you could just say don't go on the monkey bars. They wouldn't stop. They love they're those addicted monkey to bars. the monkey bars. Yeah. I'm gonna say no, but I'm not a parent, and I'm not gonna be. Yeah, because I don't want to have to deal with these kinds of mind bending riddles. <laughs> You won't be either because Sugar will leave. I know. I can't believe Sugar doesn't want me to have a baby. Sugar does not want to live with a baby, to be clear. So you can have a baby. It has to live somewhere else. She won't love my baby? I mean, she's definitely not said to me, I will not love a baby. But she's like, please don't mean that this means that you're going to have a baby. That was what she said. I always (laughs) thought that maybe that would bring out her more nurturing side. Nope. No. (laughs) Sugar's no. like sugar's like the Miranda Priestley from Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> sugar's just like stone cold, ice cold bitch. Okay, <laughs> our final game: Is this person an alien or just rude? Whenever you bring a book to work, your least favorite coworker sends out a company-wide email telling everyone what you're reading, along with a link to the Goodreads page. Is this person an alien <laughs> or just rude? <laughs> ah! This one brought me such delight coming up with it. Follow-up questions, Jessica? Oh, my God. You start with the follow-up questions because I feel like you're good at them. Okay. Well, so (laughs) I've been playing this game for 26 episodes. Okay. So... uh, So is it... Are they mocking you? It's unclear. They don't put anything in the email other than... (laughs) Gabby is reading blank and then the link to the good reading. How do they know? That's my question. Like, because you bring it and you put it on your desk. So, like, I'm sloppy with my books. And well, then you or are you your just, desk. like, reading at lunch or whatever? Yeah. Okay. It's not a situation where somebody's, like, kind of spying on no. me. No. Okay. And do they do that for anyone else? No. <gasps> and so is it, like, could it be that they, I think they're rude. And I think it's that they don't realize you're on the chain. So they're like making fun of you to the rest of the coworkers, and they don't realize that you're on the they email know you're as well. On the chain. They know you're on the chain. Yeah, I think they're a rude alien because not all aliens are that rude. <laughs> I think they are just rude. I think that they love books. Oh, they're just a they're book just lover. They love books, and they think you have great taste in books, and so they want everyone to know what you're reading. But that wasn't one of our options, was it? Well, there's no rules to this game. <laughs> The rule is that we are wrong always. Oh, my God. What a great rule. I love it. It's almost like Sugar made the game. I know. The similarities are endless. I have so much to think about. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. It's like great and mind-blowing. Where can people find you? Uh, People can find me all over the internet, the World Wide Web, uh, on social media at Jessica Lignato or on my website at lovelignato.com. And I do have a podcast, yeah, Ghost of a Podcast. And on it, you can hear a couple episodes where I speak to other people's animals. And there's some very cute things and very sassy cats. Oh, yeah. Stick around after the break. We'll be talking about transparency on the internet. Ooh, spicy. Nasty.
welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for Topics. X, 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 baby! Nasty! Baby! What if Try this whole high. show just becomes like weird taglines? Yeah, that it's just us making noises and for it, an hour. Yeah, just, we never get to the root of what we're meant to talk yeah. about. <laughs> baby! Nasty! Nasty! Higher and higher yeah. each time. <laughs> um. So this week on Topics, X, 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 I want I wanted to talk about uh, transparency on the internet because both as mm. viewer and as content creator, you really value people being truthful, uh, uh, like not presenting stuff online that isn't real. Unless I know that that's what you do. So if your whole thing is like making it look like you have a wonderful life and that you like travel and you're just like an Instagram model, fine. But if your whole thing is like authenticity and then you're lying and withholding stuff, then I think that's bullshit. How about those people that pretend to go on vacations? You ever see that? No. Oh, my God. Allison, it's these people and they like go to the airport and do photo shoots with luggage and then they'll be like on my way to, to Amsterdam and then they go and take pictures like against like walls in L.A. or like at like restaurants in L.A. but they crop it or whatever. And and they're like they pretend that they're in Amsterdam. Are these famous people? Yes. What? They Photoshop themselves into like pictures with the Eiffel Tower. Why? To seem like their lives are exciting. Oh, I have to say that the best decision I ever made was that my brand was never exciting. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they get caught. Um, and then our friend, I think Jasmine Jay, friend, friend of the pod, did a video where she pretended she was in London for a week and tried to see if people would notice. Oh, that's so. And people like didn't really notice. That's so funny. And then she revealed it. Yeah. Wow. I. <laughs> It's, it's, you are so easy to fake things. I just watched a whole video about a girl who paid a guy to be her boyfriend and like faked having this boyfriend. Really? Yeah. They like went to Coachella together. They like but took why? pictures. Because she wanted a hot boyfriend. Wow. And so he was like, pay, she was like paying him to do like branded stuff as her boyfriend. That's so wild. Yeah. So what, what, how truthful do you think you are on the internet? Um, pretty more so truthful now that I talk about the bipolar disorder. Because mm -hmm. um, you didn't talk about that for years, right? I didn't talk about it for a long time, yeah. Um, so more truthful now that I, I mentioned that that's what's going on for me. Um, but um, I don't really, I don't uh, tell everything. And I try to keep some stuff to myself. And like, I don't know, I feel like... <sighs> I, I feel like I have gotten more private as I've gotten older. Really? Yeah. And like what parts I, are what parts are you keeping private? Well, if I said Well just tell me. Then I would Allison. What you could say like parts of your like what what do you mean? Um Give me like like give me categories that you're keeping private. I feel like I'm keeping more family stuff private. I feel like I'm keeping like work like uh, like st work stuff or like more like stuff that I'm doing private like rather than I don't know like not saying so much like what I'm working on I'm not sure well we've never been able to say what we're working on that's incredibly true like, but I just had mean so many tv shows that didn't get made that you guys never even heard about <laughs> brag uh, we I, had deals that fell through <laughs> pilots not picked up baby Woo! um but like 
I, yeah, I mean, I just think I'm not. I think like with with I'm like not first thought, best thought in terms of like posting or like I'll say like, OK, do you really want to say this or don't you like I put stuff in drafts a lot on Twitter where mm-hmm. I'm like, let's think if we want to say this or um, I don't get involved in like the the drama of the day on Twitter. Like I'm very uh, I don't know. Or like sometimes I'll just like hold on to like I did um, rather than p- showing my day to day. Like I did this photo shoot and then I'll like post pictures from this photo shoot like to keep content going on my Instagram. But I'm not like, here's me at the coffee shop. Like I feel like I'm getting more. You're getting less transparent. Yeah, that's what I mean. Interesting. I think I've become more transparent in a lot of ways. Yeah? Because you show your boyfriend's face now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like I felt like I couldn't talk about weed for like years. Oh my God, that was such a saga. Yeah. And now I talk about weed all the time. Yeah. um, I feel like that was so liberating. It was. It was super liberating. Um, I mean, I... I'm not allowed to talk about uh, my sister. I've been told by my mother. Sure. So that's sort of an off-limits topic. Because it's like, what, is she in jail? Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I guess my mom says that she's a private person, so therefore it's inappropriate for me to talk about her publicly. Got it. I think that I am the level of transparent that matches up to what you think I am. So yeah. there's obviously some stuff I'm not talking about, like mm-hmm. in terms of like I never talk about my sex life right. ever, and um, I don't. I'm not going to say things that hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm mad at someone mm-hmm. or someone in my family or if there's an issue, I'm not going to like tweet about that when I know that that person can then see it and you be know upset by it. You know what's interesting is, and you and I have talked about this. Pe- friends of ours who go through breakups. And then just immediately unload on Twitter mm-hmm. or like post stuff on Instagram with like these long captions about like my breakup or whatever, like being like, I'm, I'm, cha- you know, I'm going to tell you everything about it. But or that's whatever. what I want. I know you like seeing it, but I'm just saying like, sometimes I feel like it's like PR. It's like getting out ahead of the story or something. Like it feels so inauthentic. And like, I, it just was annoying. Like a lot of times I'll be like, you're, someone needs to tell you to stop tweeting. Like who is holding your, someone (laughs) needs to take your phone away. Like this thing of being like, I, let me tweet every 30 seconds about my breakup. Well, see, I have an issue with if you're tweeting every 30 seconds about your relationship and then you won't tell me about your breakup. Like that (laughs) I think is bullshit. (laughs) Allison. I sent you this meme that explicitly expresses it. It says, it says, don't put your business on social media and then tell us to mind our business. Bitch, I'm on season three, episode four of your bullshit. <laughs> and I really, like, I obviously, like, people can change, but I feel like you, if I'm a fan, I expect consistency in what you're revealing. But I didn't feel like I owed anyone an explanation when, when my girlfriend and I split up. See, I disagree. If I was a fan of yours, I would want an explanation. But isn't that so... Uh, like self-important to post like a thing being like we have decided to consciously uncouple well you could post a thing where you were like hey guys I mean you post things all the time about how you're feeling and then the juiciest tidbit you're withholding <laughs> that's awful part of it was like it's not my story to tell yeah you're half of that couple yeah but I, I also was like 
I just I just was like happy in the relationship, so I felt okay posting about it. And then when I w- which I shouldn't have, I should have not posted as much. I Why? In, in retrospect, because it's like it it brought I think pressure that didn't need to be there. In what sense? Well, first of all, I fucking a star is born to her. But second of all, I I it brought like eyeballs to this thing. It like brought pressure. People were like shipping us and wanting it in like this kind of like way that she I don't think was prepared for at all. She loved it. But she yes, but she wasn't schooled enough in it. Like she wasn't ready. She didn't understand how to handle it. I think I like put that on her and she liked it, but she didn't know how to best handle it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about the other people sometimes. Like, if, if, what about the fans who want to know oh what happened? Oh my God. <laughs> but so, like, to me, that's like, but you don't post like we're consciously uncoupling with your partners. No, and now that I think about it, I probably should have. You just delete all their photos and hope for the best. Yeah, and then they realize what happened. And then, yeah, exactly. I know. So there's like two parts of me. As the fan, I'm like, if you're going to fucking post about your perfect, happy relationship, then you have to tell me why you broke up. And Allison. then the other part of me is like, no, that's crazy. There's privacy. So I feel really conflicted about uh, I like to keep some of my life private. And then, but then the stuff that I do share, I feel is very vulnerable. Like, I choose what people know and don't know. I'm very curated about that. I choose for them to know. I chose- But don't you think that there's some a level of bullshit to that because our whole brand is, like, total honesty? And then to reveal that, like, actually, no, I'm super curating this? No, because I don't... I, I'm allowed to pick and choose what I'm honest about. I'm allowed to choose... Like, I'm on... I, did you, the minute I got the bipolar diagnosis, I'm supposed to tweet it? Or the minute I find out that I have a brother I didn't know about, I'm supposed to tweet about it? No, but also a week later. <laughs> no! Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I again, this is like a very murky area. I don't know what the right answer is. There's no time for me to process it privately? No, there is. Okay, fine. You're making better points than me. You just, as a fan, want all the information. Yes. But yes. then you don't want to have to give it to our fans. <laughs> Because you love gossip about other people. <laughs> and you want the deets. Well, I just think that... You, social, you know what it I is? It's a that a part- couple people we know are getting divorced and you don't have the full story and you're furious. Okay, but also, I think that there is a responsibility to show the good and the bad when you're a public person on social media pretending to be honest. Because otherwise, I think it makes people feel really bad about their lives because they just see the good. And so I think that there is power in in being completely transparent about the bad too. Yeah. I mean, I think if you work together, like definitely friends of mine who were spouses that split up that worked together had to say something. Yeah. Because they worked on stuff together. I just think it's bullshit to, like, make money off of, like, being authentic and then be lying. (laughs) But sometimes you don't know things are going downhill until they're, like, done, you know? Or, like, what if you get cheated on? You're supposed to immediately be like, I was cheated on. I don't know the answer, but I know that I want to know that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I think there's some stuff to keep to yourself. I really admire when... But I think that if that's true, then there is, like, you should be like, hey, I'm keeping some stuff to myself. You shouldn't be like, I'm an open book. You guys know everything about me. You should say, like, you know, I'm honest about what I choose to be honest about. Mm -hmm. But I think that, like, it gets harmful when your brand is, I'm telling you guys everything. Yeah. And then you don't. 
Yeah. Yeah. But some of it is like almost I think for those people in their minds, they're acting. They're playing a character. Yeah. They're doing like a a, a thing that's going to get them followers and fans. And they're just like, it's just a performance. But don't you love when um, like super celebrities are like super candid? Isn't it so thrilling? Oh, I love that. I love it the most. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved um, – I mean, yeah, I lo- I this is not a celebrity, but I loved when Beto O'Rourke was just like, fuck it. I know. Like, that's good. You know what when I mean? When he was literally like, this is, what did he say? He was like, fucking bullshit. This is fucking bullshit yeah. about, like, gun control. Yeah. And that moment, that I think that the nation felt that. Yes. Because there is such a lack of honesty in politics. And, like, seeing him as a real person was like, oh, that feels so good. So I guess my thing is, like, it's okay to withhold things but i don't think that you should lie about things you can't make yourself look perfect yeah you can't make yourself look perfect and you can't photoshop yourself into a photo with the leaning tower of pizza <laughs> i mean you can like i think you i think the your real problem is with people who try to look flawless no my real problem is with people who just act like this is that people have made money off of just sharing themselves yeah and then if you're not actually sharing yourself, then I think that's bullshit. To me, that's a documentary that's made up. Oh, okay. And if you're a documentary and you have just like made up facts in you, people would be like, hey, so if that's you not have, a documentary. If you have diarrhea, you should post about it? Well, you shouldn't post, I've never had diarrhea. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. You know, there's omission and then there's misleading. Okay. Okay. I can see that. It's tough though. Cause I knew a girl, I know a girl who's a, a, a family Instagrammer, not necessarily YouTuber, family Instagrammer. And I know from, uh, a, a, a just personal knowing her that she and her husband had discussed divorcing and then they worked it out, but their whole brand is being flawless, like being a perfect family. And so that never touched the Instagram. And they don't necessarily say, oh, I'm like, you know, we're a perfect family or whatever. But they'll be like, having a great time on vacation, blah, blah, blah. And I would have never from that thought, oh, they're like having marital problems. Mm -hmm. But I also don't know if they want to like broadcast that they're having marital problems. Yeah, that's tricky because they have kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously the answer here is like you can withhold whatever you want. I just think that there is power in transparency. And I think that revealing the stuff that is maybe off-brand or the stuff that makes you a little more uncomfortable. Human, Human, not perfect. I think that that's the stuff that's, like, more powerful online and, like... Like, Demi Lovato just posted a thing where she posted um, uh, a photo with her cellulite showing. Yeah. And she was like, all the other bikini photos that I've posted on here have been edited. This one is not. I'm done editing. I have cellulite. Like, I don't care. That's amazing. Yeah, and I was like like great like it was like it made me be like oh her body looks like my body right cool i don't i've never filtered or edited photos you have never once used a filter me you have you you've never used a filter ever maybe once to be like fake arty artsy but never like to look better no you never you know your photos are completely unedited i i would feel really weird if that was not the case mine are edited Two sides of the coin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Melissa, why don't you come on in and give us your thoughts on all this? Do you uh, filter your photos? No. Right? Really? Yeah. I've ha- never filtered anything. Never Facetune. Nothing. 
feels so it feels harmful to do that my sister i get onto her about this all the time like extra filters her pictures really annoys the hell out of me why because i'm like you don't look like that like you don't and then she'll do it to her kids and like why are you it's not like like she's in the picture with yeah. the kids and like she's put the filter on and i'm like these are children. Like, yeah, no, I don't even want to get stupid. into how upset I am that people put their children online. Yeah, Allison's very against it. I'm super against having your children on any social media. Hmm. But I, uh, I'm not editing. Like, I'm not making myself thinner or anything. Yeah, yeah. I put yeah. filters. I'll sometimes make the colors brighter, uh, or I'll like one time in a picture I did uh, blur out my pubes. Um, <laughs> you gotta let the pubes fly, man. I know. I, it wasn't the point of the photo, and so it was like in a post about like my breast reduction, and I just felt like it was pulling focus <laughs> from your new tits. <laughs> from my new tits, you know, when your pubes pull focus from your new tits. <laughs> That's my brand, and I have covered a pimple. What well, are you gonna do? What do we rate this episode? I'm gonna rate it mm, four point eight seven nine. Ghost of animals. Wow. Ghost of animals. <laughs> that blew my mind. I don't know if any of that was true, but I'm going to believe it. I It seemed right. I mean, it seemed close. And also... And Melissa is not convinced. <laughs> also, can I just say, I'm when I met her months ago, she, uh, she said almost the exact same things about sugar. Because she probably remembered. She said, said she didn't remember. Well, yeah. I don't know. That's part of it. That's like when the magician pretends he messed up. That's <laughs> part of the show. Yeah. yeah, that's what all psychics say. They're like, oh, after I do a reading, I don't remember anything. And I'm like, okay, sure. I don't know. She said she was pretty consistent. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, does that not describe Sugar's personality? Yeah, but I I think I led her to yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, why? I why? I said you shouldn't. I thought you shouldn't. She, I didn't she, mean to. I but know, I, but like you were yeah. saying things and I was like, she's just like basically You never dealt with a psychic before? You gotta, you gotta not say shit. Okay, I said too much, but um, because I want, I so desperately want to know what Sugar's thinking. Yeah, I I'm glad that Beans is a little simple boy. Yeah, I give it, I give it uh, ten out of ten simple beans. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what did we learn? That dogs, you're not necessarily the dog's parent. I know that was crazy. That I believe. I think that some dogs think that they're the alpha. Yeah. And yeah. some dogs think they're the beta. I agree with that. Yeah. But well, that's I guess not like a psychic thing, right? <laughs> I guess <laughs> pet psychology. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much to our guests, Jessica Lignato, Uh, and thank you to Beans and Sugar. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin, and me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our killer theme music. Our producer is Melissa D. Motz, and our supervising producer is Josephine Martirana. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Woof! Woof! I was gonna Uh bark! I'm standing outside Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Inside, there are like a trillion objects, and I have to go in there and find ten. So we open a drawer here, and there's Indiana Jones's jacket and Indiana Jones's whip. What is this? Printing donated this guitar. (gasps) I'm Asif Manvi, and I am lost at the Smithsonian. Where do I begin? 
This place is obviously full of fascinating stuff. Fonzie's jacket, right. worn by Henry Winkler on Happy Days. There are 156 million objects in the Smithsonian's collections. Here are Muppets. These aren't just objects. They're pieces of America's self-identity. I'm looking at a, a robe with the name Muhammad Ali. Only 10 episodes, only 10 objects. That's pretty amazing. Lost of the Smithsonian is out now. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.